with sound. All right. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Watch With Sound. My name is Josh Landicho, and with me is... Carmela Ocampo. And on today's episode, we'll be doing the new A24 horror film, X, directed by Ty West, starring Mia Goth, Jenna Ortega, Brittany Snow, Martin Henderson, and Scott Miscuddy, a.k.a. Kid Cuddy. So... Before we get started and get into the film, Carmelo, do you want to give your expectations, your context, your preconceived opinion before getting into the film X? As we all know, this is an A24 movie, and this is a horror movie. That's literally two out of the two things that we need Check and check. Need and want. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) um so yeah i saw the trailer i thought it was like pretty it looked fun and i was like cool and i think after that i never really thought about it ever again but um it looked like pretty solid but yeah when the movie i think came out and then i think when the review started coming in that's kind of when i started getting more excited and then i think every time i think this is only with horror features but i could be wrong uh a24 like if you subscribe to their newsletter, they, the director always like has this brief like um, email or letter that they send out about their movie, kind of like briefing the audience, like oh like this work is like close to my heart, blah blah blah. Hope everyone's enjoyed it. But yeah, Ty West like came out with this email. He kind of like gave some background on the movie, how it was like an homage to like you know this like era of like slashers and like you know the tie between like you know sex and like violence and all that stuff so i kind of got excited for the movie from like kind of his briefing of it so like it made me like appreciate what i was kind of coming into from that so so yeah i i won't say any more but yeah how did you kind of react after like hearing about this movie for the first time so after hearing this movie i i of course watched the trailer because i heard kick cuddies in it obviously and jen ortega so and it's A24. So I was like, okay, I'm really excited because, like, just by the names alone, I was like, I'm ready, like, to see what's this, what, what's up with this. Um, and, um, yeah, so I watched the trailer. And to be honest, like, when I first watched the trailer, I was like, I don't know about this. Like, I don't feel like this is going to be good or, like, anything new. It just felt very, like, normal. Like, you're one of the mill, like, scary old people kind of a story. And I was like, well, I guess. I, like, I wasn't super duper excited. I was more or less just, like, interested. And same with you, like, after I watched the trailer, I was like, all right, that's cool. We'll just wait and see what happens. And I, too, saw the, the newsletter from Ty. I didn't read it. I read it after <laughs> I watched it, actually, which is kind of funny. Um, just because, like, I was just like, yeah, whatever, sure. And then, like, after watching, I was like, okay, I'll read it now. <laughs> like, you got my attention, wow, so I'm going to read okay, it now. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, I wasn't necessarily, like, excited, nor was I, like, not or. Nor, I wasn't excited, nor was I, like, dreading this film or anything. I was just like, well, we'll see what happens. Um, and, yeah, so with that, Carmela, before you give a plot summary of the film, I want to give a warning to everyone that this is um, a spoiler warning. So if you have not seen the film yet, pause the episode here, go watch it, come back and listen to us. If you want to spoil it for yourself for a reason, go right ahead. I'm not your parent or guardian. So with that, Carmela, would you like to give a little plot summary of the film X? In 1979, a group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in rural Texas, 
but when their reclusive elderly hosts catch them in the act, the cast find themselves fighting for their lives. Whoa! Not for their lives! <laughs> um, so with that little summary, Carmela, do you want to get into how you felt about the movie? I had a lot of fun. I... I liked how traditional and like just so simply like scary this was. It was very much like your straightforward like slasher. And like me personally, I'm not I'm not like too crazy about slashers in general, but this one was like I it was really funny too, I think. That's like also what kind of made it like more enjoyable, but yeah, like I'm not a super huge fan of like you know, just, like, a, like too much violence, I guess, in horror movies, like, in terms of, like, I like seeing, like, pretty grotesque kills, but I think this genre isn't, like, super for me, but this movie was, like, somehow different. I think it hit, like, a really good balance of, like, being a very traditional slasher while, like, just having really solid, like, scares and, like, even though the story was very simple, there were things, like, woven into it in terms of, like, you know, like hard hitting like themes about like you know beauty and like sex and like pornography and like elevation of like that type of like film and like I don't know it like kind of had more going for it than like maybe your run of the mill like slasher but it still managed to stay like very like true to like the traditional slashers like back in the day um while being very entertaining and very like very funny um, so yeah, I had a lot of fun with this movie and I like actually thought about it more after like my first viewing and I definitely am going to bump up my score, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I originally gave it like pretty solid eight. I think I'm kind of riding between like an eight and a half and like a nine. We'll see. But I'm kind of, yeah, I just like <laughs> didn't stop thinking about it. So yeah, I like really appreciate this movie for like how like everything that it was and like what it achieved with like its simplicity um yeah what about you josh yeah so i loved it i loved the film i was like so stoked after watching it and i was like like really really excited just like telling sophia what i liked about it it was so sick like they did this and this and the gore (laughs) this and that like i was just so excited to talk about it and um we're we're like in the month of march now so this might change but like right now this is like my favorite horror film that's came out this year. Wow. Um, more, th- more than Scream? No. I mean, I don't know. I don't know yet. I'm still trying to evaluate oh, that. Oh, dang. Okay. Because I, I know Scream came out too, so I was like, oh, this might be my favorite depending on how I feel. But um, yeah, this is definitely something that um, really caught my attention. It really was something that like really, really stuck with me. And I like it's just fantastic. Just because like, it really is like your run-of-the-mill slasher film but like modernized and and fixated with like these different details that people back then didn't realize they could do or or things they like didn't know would look good um i think ty west did a fantastic job especially creating that like horror slasher atmosphere like i like i know you said you weren't really a fan of it but like for me like slashers are like almost one of my favorite things about horror and like one of my favorite things i love watching it's just like so it's just like a like a really fantastic genre for me especially in the horror realm but like watching it this way or watching this film and feeling a a way about it was like so so fun to me and it's just like man like it's like i was just so stoked because it's like 
a really great homage to those like older slasher films like Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, especially like all those movies um, felt like felt like this movie in one, but modernized. Like it felt like this could have been released back then and be as successful as it was or be successful as it was now. And as it was with like those slasher films at the time, um, this is like overall just a fantastic watch. And like, it's definitely like a, a feeling of, of like with, when it comes to horror films, like a feeling that like I haven't felt in a while just cause it's like a really like fantastic horror film in my opinion. And like, it's just great to hear you say that your, your, your rating just bumps up. Cause I feel like every time, like, we sit on a movie that's when we like actually realize how good it is or like how we actually feel about it and that's what happened with sophia too like they had like a a rating at first and it went up as like we started talking about it as they started like thinking about it um so it's just i don't know it's just great because I, I just love this film a lot like it's just so interesting um how it was able to like exhibit the slasher genre in this way one thing i really want to talk about is um the pacing of the film and, and i know a lot of people do have a problem with the pacing so i want to ask your opinion on how you felt about it i yeah i was kind of surprised when i think you and sophia brought this up the first go around but i i personally didn't notice any issues i had with it personally and like i it it's it felt all felt very like fluid to me in terms of like literally the first half of this movie is all set up and then the second half is all payoff. And so that to me, like with the rhythm of how the movie was going completely made sense. And like, I think the choices made in the first half with the setup, like, you know, cutting in like, you know, scenes of like them filming the porn along with like scenes of maybe like kind of setting up like um, these two old people, like kind of being like creepy. Like, I think those two things were enough of a setup for me to like real like realize like okay yeah something like obviously big is gonna happen there's like a lot of tension being built up like a lot of mystery um and yeah and then the second half it's really they really just released they like opened that like gate they really let all of that setup go and like just let it go off like completely obviously um but yeah like i i think the beauty for me in terms of the pacing was also um in its simplicity it's really just like set up and payoff it wasn't like a complicated like what's it called like you know like peaks and valleys like up and down up and down it really was just like a straight line and then a sudden like peak all the way up to the end um and yeah, I think it really worked for the movie. I personally didn't have any issues with it. So I'm like really curious to hear like what your perspective was the first time you watched it and like the second viewing. Um, so the second time I viewed it, actually, like I didn't have any problem with the pacing just because I kind of knew it was going to happen. Um, I personally didn't have a big problem with pacing, but I know there, there are like, it's like two scenes specifically that were like huh that's really interesting that you guys decided to put that in there and the first scene is um is uh the fleetwood mac like little kumbaya kind of like campfire singing along together of this one song was, was like great. very very interesting <laughs> that was great, I, that thought, was great. Like, I, was, I like i liked it too actually but i didn't i was kind of off put like i was like what what's happening should i be scared should i like you know be ready like what does this part mean like what does Fleetwood, meet, Fleetwood Mac mean to them? Like, why is this, like, <laughs> the song they're singing? I just, um, I just like, saw that scene 
of like it kind of like telling of the time you know like the late 70s everyone's like you know kind of chilling out like this is kind of what people do at this point and like I think it also kind of showed like how relaxed and chilled they were before like all of this horrible stuff was about to happen to them so I think to me that was like like that that literal scene was what is wedged in between all of the setup and all of the payoff which is really interesting yeah no like i totally agree especially watching it the second time like um thinking about it now and then like thinking about it when i was watching the second time like it felt like almost a bookmark like this is like this is the last chill thing we're gonna see and afterwards yeah. it's gonna go downhill <laughs> from here um and it was funny seeing the second time because like oh like i know what's gonna happen after this because this this song is happening afterwards and like my first time watching i was like what is like what are they doing but it also like also dates back to like uh the slashers movies back then where they had like you know the teenagers around a campfire either telling stories or either jamming out before that big you know peak happens and I, I totally understand it now especially in regard to pacing not even that i had a problem with it before but another thing that like i think put off some other people and it didn't put me off exactly but i know this scene in particular also kind of took some people out was the scene with like the older lady like dancing after killing rj like it was all of a sudden became like a very heartfelt song and like she's like dancing in like the red lie and she's like oh <laughs> so i think that's another one that like kind of stumped some people and stumped me a little bit but i loved it because it it made me say like what the hell is happening like that's i love it when movies do that especially when it comes to slashes like what the heck is happening why is this why is this lady dancing but i immediately understood that like it kind of dives more deep into the mental of a killer and how they feel about how they feel about killing afterwards and just the like what the f moment in that film was definitely something that projected at that part i don't know how do you feel about that part yeah that i i feel like i call this part now like a joker moment because i think that kind of like pause before or after like a kill like was very an iconic thing for Joaquin Phoenix to do in the bathroom like as the Joker and like I don't know I I liked it but I could see why some people were kind of off put by it because it definitely cut like the tension from like you know that kill which was like very gruesome but exciting but like I was gonna say like I I liked it um, because before that they had already spent time like kind of setting up the mindset of this old woman and how you know like she's obviously like trying to rekindle things with like her husband and how she's very insecure about like you know her image and her age um, so I kind of saw that like brief moment of like euphoria or bliss for her t- as like her feeling like you know young again her feeling like you know alive and so i saw it as very in an in an like interpretive way uh, less of like a literal like oh she's dancing right after she's killed she killed this guy um yeah i just kind of saw it more as like that type of expression but i could it's totally it's totally fair like that this was like kind of weird for people uh yeah i mean i love that part just like one you really put a good point about it, like how it sort of set this person up to be that crazy (laughs) like someone that's like trying to get back to her youth trying to get back to the time she danced and try to feel that rush of being you know young again and i think that part especially where she starts dancing kind of like really really 
defines that character as regards to like how she felt after she killed someone after like she's able to like find almost find bliss in this murder and find bliss in like killing someone she starts to dance like she used to um and i personally just love this part because at this point like the blood is like covering the headlights so it's like red yeah strong red hue and she's like dancing in this like weirdly sentimental song and it's just like this crazy cinematic scene of watching this lady just dance in in a pool of blood and like having this weird like like serene moment for her and a what the f moment for us to be like (laughs) what is that like what is happening why is she dancing like this (laughs) it was just so weird and i can't believe this too i didn't realize it at the first time watching it but that is also mia goth playing Mm. as an old lady (laughs) and also being mia goth as the younger you know person in the film like i just can't believe she was able to pull that off so well because i really thought that was like an actual elderly person that was playing that part but tis not it is uh, (laughs) mia goth as well which i'm totally surprised about she was so good she like i haven't seen mia goth in like i guess a quote-unquote like main character role before but i think she like totally killed it in this movie and like in like such an effortless way too she i don't even think she had that many lines but you completely like were on board with her character you like completely sympathize with her and she's just i love the i will not accept anything less than what i deserve <laughs> and then snort yeah. like the cocaine. <laughs> that's funny you said that because that brings us to the next part of this episode is the part where we find out the big old plot twist you know this whole time this movie is tying in you know this preacher on the tv um talking about sinners talking about people who have sex people who talk who take drugs and are under the house of the devil and the god the god is an unjust one but he's an angry one too or something like that it was just so interesting to find out like at the end that that was mia god's like dad and that was like the family that she left and personally like i loved it because like i like already love the sort of like connection between the two of religion and sinning and and the idea of the sex industry at that moment like the fact that they like put those two messages together and was able to like have a constant um story behind it and also to like just to connect the two was just so fun but then when you find out at the end oh fuck it's me a goth again like my jaw was like dropped like i was just so <laughs> shocked i was shocked in like a satisfying way but also like damn i can't believe that that was also her father i don't know like that part was just like such a unique ending to the movie i think it was something that really like got me i was gonna say like i i really liked the twist and how and how it happened like via like you know this running like um television show or like religious show that's playing throughout the movie and then by the end you realize it has like a connection to the main character i liked I really like that aspect of it. It like definitely like kind of tied things together more and also added another layer of like mystery to her character. Um, I think I just didn't like how late it happened. I I kind of wish it happened earlier so we kind of kept wondering like her motives and what she was kind of about cuz she was kind of, she like kind of stays a mystery throughout the movie even though you're like 1000% on board with like you know her wanting to live um 
but yeah i really like that part too and i i it totally makes sense like why it kind of played out later because like obviously there are plans for like a prequel sequel thing um i have a feeling like what if the second movie is going to be about like pearl i have a feeling that last movie that of the trilogy will be about like mia goth and like her past or something like that um so yeah that was really cool and i had i really liked that it added like more layers to her already like very like mysterious character yeah like it it's crazy that we find out the reason why she's like i don't live the life i don't deserve was from like her like, pastor dad yeah and like it was fun just like connecting the two and realizing like when when like the old lady said like i know who you are i know what you do yeah like that was cool too because it's yeah. like it connects the idea of like she knows who she is because she sees her on the television like yeah this like preacher of like oh my god i can't believe like you know this is what's happening or that's what happened of like this other layer peeling back um and apart from that ending too i i just love the the lat like the actual ending of like them finding the bodies and then like <laughs> they find yeah. the camera and the the officer's like what do you think sonic and he goes like by the looks of everything here one fucked up horror picture and then it ends like <laughs> fuck that's so sick like that was so dope and like just for me to like see that hear that it's just like such a fun and like like badass line that's put in this film that already has these hallmarks of slashers it puts that there to, to, to sort of end it with like that exclamation point in my opinion i just love it so much even though it's like a small like scene it's just so cool to me i was like hell yeah <laughs> i was like yes go <laughs> it it was it was like really cool how like it it's almost like campy or cheesy but like it was meta at the same time because obviously um but i did enjoy that and like i i enjoy like the that type of like liberty the movie took like it wasn't afraid to kind of like you know throw like these different types of like horror elements into it like yeah there's gonna be like some weird kind of campiness here yeah let's throw in a Fleetwood Mac song in the middle here um (laughs) and it it like to me like everything fit it didn't seem seem out of place it didn't feel out of place it was like very much like the right amount of each like element no yeah I 100% agree with that because like in the film it's not overly campy it's not overly like quote-unquote elevated it was a mixture of like the right things at the right time and the right scenes here and there that really made this film work and especially thinking about like um older slasher films it could have been a lot more campier than it was yeah (laughs) um but i love the direction it went through and it still had like the chuckles here and there that like can be perceived differently in the future like maybe that'll be perceived as campy in the future um but it was just fun like laughing at those parts and like realizing that this movie is this modernized slasher for the time like for the modern time and for us to like relate and watch it in real time and and react to it in a way that like doesn't have any preconceived notions of like how how people perceived it like back then it was really fun to experience it now and like yeah that that line is kind of corny and campy but i love it for that Mm -hmm. like for that nature alone like the fact that it's almost corny but also like really sick because like you wouldn't get that like you wouldn't get that with the babadook or whatever like you wouldn't get that line in any other like quote-unquote serious film like it's so fun to hear that and it's so sick that they you know sort of like really push that in with like this film 
Um, and speaking of slashers, what was your favorite kill, least favorite kill, or like what part did you like when I guess someone died to, <laughs> to put it in a darker standpoint? <laughs> Um, great question. I'm just gonna say overall, everyone's kills were like really good. I think I'm gonna start with the weakest one, which was Cuddy, because he was like just shot in the chest, and it kind of just uh, like yeah, it that happened, one was kind of disappointing. Yeah, like disappointing. it happened off screen. It was just like bam, and then that was it. And I was like, all right, like okay, I guess. Um, compared to like everyone else, it was like the weakest. Um, but I think my favorite is probably either the first one rj's or um wayne's in the barn with the pitchfork in the eyeballs and then pull out and then little squishy stabs in the end um, <laughs> squishy <laughs> yeah shades for their part yeah shades for yeah part. yeah exactly i think those two were just i think it's because they were very like um prolonged because they were trying to like set up you know like the fear and like the tension um of like everything else that's gonna like follow i i think that's why they're like my favorites because they didn't happen like suddenly they happen like slowly i guess there's a lot of tension involved um there's a lot yeah. like and in, more involved with those scenes than the rest but what about you yeah not to mention with that kill too it's sort of um inner like intertwined with like the story going on so like he'd get stabbed yeah and then yeah. It'd go back to like jenna and like her you know trying to find that flashlight and it was um, very off-putting when he like she to or turns on the light and then and it just, just shows the eyes being pulled out i was like yo what the heck? i got scared both times watching this <laughs> film like i didn't even like see it coming whatsoever um but yeah those are those are really like a that was a fantastic part those two kills are great and like talking about like kid cuddy's death is also my least favorite just because i feel like um there was a lot of potential with his character yeah um like it, he could have been the hero aspect of it or like that saving grace aspect of it just because if you look back at like older older slashers and older films like that like there are barely any other people that aren't white in the film mm -hmm. in those films and like not to be woke quote-unquote or anything but i feel like if they use like cuddy's um character more it'd be more fun to like have him be a hero who's already this like this marine this like badass marine guy and he's able to like at least like outsmart the old guy or, or live a little longer to like help me a goth in some way or just have yeah. you know have that heroic moment for him especially because like he's almost this low-key dude in the in the film he doesn't talk as much they essentially use him for sex for the most part <laughs> um, i mean and, yeah i mean no you know i get it <laughs> like i'm not saying like he's being used for sex i he knows what he signs up for but like the, his character kind of seems like just for that moment just for like that um sort of factor for him it'd just be cool to have that like actual marine moment of him like yeah no I, getting the gun away or dying in a different way that like yeah is better than the way he died i kind of agree i like loki wish like yeah like you said he you know when like someone a character gets kind of quote-unquote killed off in the middle of the movie and then the last minute appear at the end and they're like oh my you're like oh my god they're still alive and then they like do something to save the main character I, yeah I wish they could have like utilized that moment somehow, but it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been sick too if he was like that character that was still surviving because he'd be like, once a marine, always a marine, and yeah. does something like kills one guy or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that would have been so sick. Damn, that would have been tight. That should be like safe for Rewriter's Corner, but you know, <laughs> it's nice to get it out now. <laughs> it's a good idea. But my favorite kill 
has to be either RJ's kill or um, Britney Snow's kill. Just because Britney yeah. Snow, that one, like, it's funny because you see that coming, right? You predict that it's going to happen. Completely. But, like, once it happens, you're like, hell yeah. Even though, like, she's, like, a hero. You're like, hell yeah. Or a protagonist, like, hell yeah. Like, fuck. That's so sick. <laughs> and then little, like, little old Mia Goth is like, bitch. <laughs> so Says it, like, this, the most, like, lowest voice ever. And it's like, oh, man. It was really fun, too. Like, the fact that they were able to use the elements of their nature. Like, the fact that the alligator lives there. And, like, they use that for both the plot and both for, like, the kill as well um that was, that was really fun to see yeah i was gonna say that was really cool like how that whole lake and gator thing was set up like with mia goth um you know like just taking a dip at the pool not to mention one of like i think one of the coolest shots of the year so far i think that overhead shot of just like the score just kind of like rising in the background but it's like this very low like like crawl of like tension um and you just see like mia goth slowly unaware like swimming towards like the pier and this gator just following quietly behind her man that was a great shot yeah like ty west as a director really like spent time on those shots like the cow shot that was really cool like yeah even you didn't yeah. really know what's happening like the fact they're in traffic but it shows like all these cows it really like immerses the viewer in the film and it really like gets us to be like what's happening or what's gonna happen next or why are they showing this for long and then that scene in particular too like it's just like wide above ground or above the lake shot and it's like really long but also very eerie and then you see like the fucking alligator coming and you hear she's like swimming away it's like oh fuck like is she gonna die already like i feel like she's the main character but yeah, that was definitely one of my favorite kills. Another kill that I am like I hate but also love was um Jenna Ortega's I knew it. death. Y- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was- a little a little bit of me wanted her to survive and be with like Mia Goth in the survival. But yeah, like uh, that's the part like oh man, and also like the irrational nature of her like made me like her character less but at the same time i do get it like i do get like i was gonna say like there are characters in the moment i feel like it makes sense i don't know for for her character at least i feel like mia goth like was totally calm and chill the whole time because she kind of like already went through a very scary scenario like that so she kind of knew to like be calm and like how to escape whereas like jenna ortega was like this literal like young teen or young girl who just like you know like traveled with these strangers and didn't know what to do and she's like completely panicking she also didn't have cocaine to save her so (laughs) keep her calm (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's completely true like jenna ortega in this movie is essentially like the innocence aspect of it like she was wearing the cross you always called her church mouse like it really does make sense that she became the irrational one because it's it's a situation in which like anyone would be irrational at that moment like just for them to freak out at the situation and almost like blame the person that survived yeah you know that whole aspect of it i totally get it like i totally get there are people and characters that happen in that way um and then the way she died too was really really funny it was that's why i kind of that's why i like the kill because it was just so like sudden like she runs out of the house beep, and like just dies like i it was like everything yeah there it was so comedic like i didn't expect it to be that funny but like the way her body just kind of like flew back she's just like like (laughs) 
<laughs> it was comedic, but also like very like jarring. Like, oh shit! Like she's dying. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Another funny thing too is that that's how the, like, the freaking old guy dies. Is like her like she like spits <laughs> out blood, and then dude has a heart attack. He's like that's <laughs> so funny. And then that is so funny. That whole scene, though, and then the old lady's like. He's having a heart attack. She's like, "Bitch, I don't give a fuck." Give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. That was so funny too. Like the, <laughs> just to like totally ignore the fact that she was trying to kill her a second ago. I was yeah. Like, He's having a heart attack. I don't give a fuck. Where are the keys? <laughs> but speaking of Jenna Ortega, it seems that she's becoming like the scream queen of this generation. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to point out, you know, give praise to the wonderful screaming she did mm-hmm. <laughs> in the cellar because like man like i think that that like image is the poster not the poster poster but like if you search up on google x that's the thing that comes yeah. up is like her terrified face but like in the movie the scream was like so good like a1 scream like her <laughs> even like her face like looked like terrified everything about it was like fantastic and it was only for like three seconds but like Man, the scream and the face, like the facial expressions, like what an actress. <laughs> what an actress Jenna Ortega what is. What How- an actress. <laughs> <laughs> she's perfect for this horror genre. Hope she stays around. She's just like she's definitely gonna like rise as a star as an actress, but damn. How did how did you feel about that iconic scream? I I felt the same way. It was like I I almost was kind of waiting for it because it was used so much in the marketing. I was like, alright, like I'm so curious how this is gonna like pan out and like it was incredible and like just a deep dive into a good scream from a horror movie I feel like we're praising this so much because we don't get that many good ones or like it's hard to make it feel and sound and look authentic and this performance was just like very very realistic and very horrifying it just like succeeded in every way and like yeah she's definitely setting herself up to be like this you know go-to like scream queen in like the best way not in like um what's it called they're not like pigeonholing her into a specific role but yeah she she was great in this particular scene yeah honestly like everything oh man it was so great just seeing like her breathe in and then like her breathe out and then the contour of her face like actually looking like the paying the screaming the screaming yeah. painting, i don't know what's called the yeah screen. yeah um also somewhat symbolizing to like scream obviously ghost face but just like oh man it was just so great like any you're totally right i don't think we don't see these reactions as much as we do and performed as well as it is like we may get it but it's never this like damn that's good and yeah and to, to talk on your point that like, i did see the marketing for it and everything like i did see many like pictures videos of it like i always saw it but i never like actually you know experienced it and when i got when i got to that point i was like, <gasps> I was like <laughs> it's like oh my god <laughs> it's so good oh my goodness you were also um, screaming yeah I was also <laughs> sc- screaming from my heart i was like yes that's it that's where I, that's where it needs to be um but yeah as we i always talk about and praise this movie um i just want to like uh, talk about also applaud you know ty west and A24 for taking this sort of um, this sort of screenplay and this film and, and really help them out with it. But it's really interesting, too, because, like, uh, there's already a prequel in the works, maybe a sequel. Like, I've just 
so it's so sick to see someone like Ty West and A24 just be like, fuck it, let's make our own franchise, let's make our own like trilogy if it may. Like, it's just so f- that's so sick. Like, it's just so fun to like be that ambitious and so focused on your vision that you're able to like make these subsequent films for it. And I wanted to just like talk to you about that, that whole idea of like them creating their franchises and like how do you feel about you know the upcoming prequels and sequels that this movie may make yeah i thought like i was waiting like you know for the after credit scene and obviously i didn't know what it was gonna be um and to my surprise it was a trailer for a sequel of this movie that i just watched and i was like what but it was incredible yeah i think like this dude just was like I have a vision for, like, the story. I have, like, enough, you know, what's it called, to work with in terms of, like, fleshing out this, like, character and this, like, almost lore. And they just went with it. And I very much admire that. And I just love that that is able to happen for, like, you know, these types of films and this filmmaker. And, like, I love that A24 is, like, essentially kind of taking a chance and, like, putting their money into this, um just for the love of horror for the love of film for the love of like slashers but um i was gonna say i don't know if this will upset you or if it if it'll like make you think of this sequel prequel thing like in a different way but the way this kind of like panned out with x and like the next movie which is presumably called pearl it's kind of reminding me of our favorite horror trilogy Fear Street and <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> Oh my god How dare you be that up? <laughs> I knew it would upset you uh, Okay so is, wait, 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 wait. Backstory. <laughs> Okay okay yeah, We'll yeah. give a backstory cause um, The reason why this is so funny and also very upsetting That she brought it up So Fear Street for those who don't know is a Netflix trilogy decent trilogy actually not that bad but the funny thing is is that like we've done ep- like we've done episodes on the trilogy when it came out and it's not been released yet no one has heard it except for me and carmella <laughs> and i refuse to release it i don't know why we didn't release it in the first place i think at I, the time like it was just like a constant like new movie new movie new yeah, movie. yeah it was like way past time. like it's time like yeah what? and it was like hella irrelevant and i was like there's no way we're gonna release this shit i don't even care about it anymore i don't want to see it i don't want to get this out of my face i probably still have the file somewhere that it's all done but like i 100 percent don't want to release it that's why it's really funny that like she brought it up but just to bring it back to like <laughs> to bring it back to like pearl and stuff like that i guess it does i guess it reminds you of that now that you're you brought it up you really dug up the whole, <laughs> whole thing for me <laughs> i oh man yeah and like another like reason why it reminded me of that is because of the way netflix released that trilogy was on a week by week basis um it wasn't like a oh wait a year later for the next sequel it was like we filmed all three movies we're splitting them up in like week incrementally like and incrementally releasing it by the week um and this had a similar vibe where you know, X is, like, you know, taking place during a certain time period. Pearl is going to be set in the past. Presumably, 
the third movie will be set in present day. So yeah, I'm sorry, but also I love <laughs> that <laughs> connection. Um, but yeah, anyways, very excited for this, like, just the fact that this type of creation of a franchise can even could even happen, and I only hope that X will do as good in the box office as it deserves to, like, you know, actually fund the next movie, which I feel like you told me was already, like, filmed. But yeah, how do you feel about it? Are you excited or nervous or anything like that? Uh, first and foremost, I totally get it that you, like, now that you explained it, like, I totally get why you got, like, Fear Sheet vibes, because it was like, this is in the past, this would be more in the past, and the, depending on the sequel goes, like, it might be in the present day. Yeah. So I was like, damn, that is like a hundred percent true. That's exactly how the Fear Street franchise went. <laughs> like after after the first episode came a trailer of the second episode or whatever. But yeah, like I'm honestly excited. I like I again I'm always weary of these sequels just because like obviously looking in the past like, as a as regards of horror films and any film really, sequels necessarily don't do that good. But also I'm very excited because it seems like they already know what's happening. Like they know what movie they want to make especially after seeing X and then seeing that they already almost probably finished filming for Pearl. It seems like they have like the story in mind and they know what they're going to do with it. Um, and yeah, just like shout out to A24 for picking this up and like help, helping Ty West in that manner. Um, but also I got to give it up to A24. I think like in the episode uh, of Lamb, I think I called out A24 of being like, lacking in the movie department or something like that mm-hmm. like i was like i don't know i'm like i'm, I'm losing my faith in new 24 i might have said the exact words they heard and you. now <laughs> they, yeah, they heard now they, they then they came out with like come on come on they came out with tragedy macbeth they came out with freaking this movie and they make like depending how everything everywhere at once may be like that's just like a four for four like shit they really they really heard me out there they were really like you know what that b25 podcast really talking shit we gotta like <laughs> say something about it um but damn yeah again a24 back on top of my head you know sorry i ever doubted you you know i don't know why i ever you know spoke wrong towards the i know our lord and savior a24. yeah lord and savior a24 <laughs> So I guess this goes into our next topic, if you have it, our rewriters corner. Is there anything you'd want to change, see differently, um, rewrite the movie in any way? Do you have any, you know, ideas that we could put you Ty West right now if he's listening? Whew. Honestly, like after viewing this movie, like I couldn't think of anything particularly that bothered me enough to be like, oh, I feel like if it was done in X, Y, and Z, like, it would have been better. Beyond, like, you know, what I called out before, like, with the Mia Goth, like, you know, like, character, mystery, origin thing. But even then, like, I wouldn't even change it because I kind of knew why it came so late in the game. It was, like, setting up, like, you know, these, like, this, like, mystery about her, which will presumably will have answers, like, in the later movies, um... Nothing particularly stood out to me enough to be like, oh, I want, I, and like, sorry, just to backtrack, like, yeah, Cuddy's like kill, like beyond like that kind of stuff, that minor stuff, like nothing major, like plot wise or like in terms of what happened, like, would I really like change? Um, Yeah, like overall, I'm like, I'm pretty satisfied with it, which is like, I guess shocking like right now to like kind of like talk about out loud because I feel like. I could have found something like 
wrong or I could have found something to like maybe make it better but to be honest like I had a pretty like solid like time with it so I'm like yeah curious to see if you'll like rewrite anything about like the pacing or like anything else <clears throat> so for with me like I I too don't really have anything to rewrite like I did I did like talk about like that problem with the pacing but I think I like it a lot just thinking about it and then watching it the second time having the the, the spooky Fleetwood Mac song <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think the only thing that like I would want to see it's it's more or less just like a scenario in which would be cool if that were to happen was the whole Kid Cudi thing we talked about like yeah seeing his character sprout more or do more than like what happened to him um or just make the kill better i feel like it was just such yeah. like a quick cheap kill like of course people are gonna die from guns but the way it happened in that matter kind of sucked like it was just like a boom and he's gone just compared com- like relative to everyone else it like was so weak in itself yeah like even with jenna ortega's like death it was funny and, like, it was still it was, sa- it was the same body. way yeah it was the same yeah it was the same way but like somehow like more flushed out and felt yeah fun in that matter but yeah, other than that, I really don't think I have any, like, rewrites for this film. Like, I think the way that this movie is set up, the way that, you know, made me feel and, like, how much fun I had with it, like, I think it's a great movie. And I don't think I said my score earlier, but when Carmelo was saying, like, oh, it might be eight and a half or nine, I was already at a nine. Like, I'm already at, like, a nine. <laughs> like, it's near perfect for me as regards of being a slasher horror film. So, like, in that matter, I was just, like... I was just ready. Like, I was like, it's good to go. Like, <laughs> give me the Blu-ray. Give me the still book now. Like, I'm ready for it. Um, yeah, I just loved, I love this, like, I love this film so much. And I just love, like, how much it made me feel like I was back in a slasher film that you would see back in the 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, especially for some that, like, recently watched those films, too. Like, I don't think I, you know, really got or understood it or appreciated slashes as much until I saw those ones, even though I didn't really like Friday the 13th that much, but you know, it's, it's all about the history, you know, you can't (laughs) knock the history. Um, but yeah, just feeling that feeling those, you know, those past films and how it feels here in this film, it was just a fantastic love letter to, or fantastic love letter to like the older slasher films. And it's just fun to see that, especially for someone like Ty West to execute this kind of vision. And yeah, it's just like, I just had so much fun with it. Like I gave it a nine. It's a strong nine now. Like just talking about it with you and realizing the fun parts of it and the reason why these parts happen. Just a fantastic film. Fantastic job by you know Ty West, by the clergy A twenty four, our <laughs> Lord and Savior. Um, and I'm very excited now just to see like future Ty West films and future A twenty four films, of course. Um, but yeah, with that, that has been our episode on the film X. Thank you all for listening, everybody. My name is Josh Andicho, and you can follow me on Instagram at the Space Wolf. And I'm Carmel, and you can follow me at Catmella O. And you can follow Watch With Sound on Instagram at Watch With Sound, along with listening to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, and Anchor. And if any of those apps have the option to like, comment, subscribe, or anything of that nature, especially on social media as well, um, if you guys like, like, comment, you know reshare whatever that helps a lot as well and i appreciate that we appreciate that we see you um and we appreciate you as well um we also have a program on anchor called listener supporter which lets you subscribe at any dollar amount only if you're able to of course but that would help us a lot as well but with that thank you for listening everybody and keep on watching 
out for old ladies. <laughs> oh no! They may murder you. I was gonna say, you mean old naked ladies sneaking up in your old bed, dude. Ladies. Feeling you up, man. <laughs> So